another one. This is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. Um, we have Aspen coming on. She's doing some great things out there in the music world, and we're definitely excited to talk a little bit about her story and a lot and some about music and see where it goes. So, Aspen, are you here? I am. Hi. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um, I woke up a little late, and I went to my classes, and now I'm in my dorm room and talking to you. <laughs> and Sandy's with our little one right now trying to get her down. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> okay, I'm, she's here. I'm, I'm here, then. She, she's settled pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I always like to start out the exact same way on every episode. Um, this year, because we're in a weird year this year, as as you know. So how has the coronavirus affected you, and how are you maneuvering to get through it? Well, all of my shows and all my gigs were canceled. Um, It was really upsetting for me because that's my favorite thing about doing music is being able to share it with the world and get the Mm -hmm. kind of these, and you just get a lot more energy and you feed off the audience and it makes your song so much more meaningful and I miss performing live or even listening to live music and going mm-hmm. to these music festivals yeah. um, and so I kind of ruined my summer plans um, wow. and also school wise because I'm 15 and I'm still in high school it's been difficult I finished online school and then we had the summer, and then now I'm going to um, an art school, which is a lot of fun, and we're actually able to meet in person with mm-hmm. social distancing and masks, and I'm super grateful about that, but it's still not totally back to normal, but it's way better than online school. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like with us. You know, when when we first launched the show back in January, you know, our, we set a goal to do 100 interviews first year, and we thought, you know what? If we did that, we'd be on fire. It would be probably more than mm-hmm. a lot of hosts have done interviews in their very first year. And then COVID happens, and we're sitting there like, okay, um, where do we go from here? And I, as I started seeing everything being shut down, I told Sandy, this could be an opportunity for us. This may be the year for us to shine as hosts. And so we stepped it up, and because of that, instead of doing 100 shows the first year, you are now our 235th show. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. So now the goal is 300. (laughs) It is. Working on that one. So um, before we really dig into your story some, tell us a little bit about hobbies you like to do outside of music. Yeah, well, I like to enjoy hanging out with friends. Right now, I actually took on painting rocks. And so, like, I have these little dinosaurs and I'll paint the rocks. Um, I like to dance a lot, even though I'm not too good at it. And obviously, (laughs) play music, read books. Um, Poetry is also something that I like to read a lot. Mm Yeah. That's cool. So what's something you would say is quirky about you? Um, okay, this is tough. <laughs> I would say 
I kind of, me being a songwriter, I kind of look for hidden meaning, hidden meanings or metaphors in everyday life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I actually, mm-hmm. I actually have a cool story. So, I was in this point where I had to make a decision, and I didn't really know what to do, and if I should call my intuition, or if I should mm-hmm. do um, what other people were suggesting, suggesting. And so, um, like, as I was thinking about this, I looked down, and I saw a deer in my backyard. And that kind of took me by surprise. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I was in the car later that day, and I was talking about this decision with my mom. And mm. then three deer just passed by our uh, car. And this kept on happening throughout the day around two deer. And so I was like, hmm, well, I wonder what they symbolize. And it turns out that they kind of symbolize following your intuition and sensitivity. And so I kind of compared that to my life. And I do that a lot. And so mm-hmm. some part of me does not think that's normal, but I kind of like it. And I We do it too. I don't know. That- yeah, Out of everything in life, like there are many times that we'll be passing up some place up, and that is mentioning in a song on the radio, and, we're, and we see that as a sign. Like, okay, there's something here, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and and just like you know, we we met online back in February on February second of o two, which is o two o two o two, so we always consider mm-hmm. our numbers two two two, so anytime we see two two two. We know there's something special there. So we, we see things <clears throat> like oh. you do. And, and and you're talking about also um, hidden meanings. It made me think of something that I – and I could be totally wrong on this hidden meaning, but I believe that there's a hidden meaning in Taylor Swift's song, Betty. Because, <clears throat> you know, she mm-hmm. always has – because, you know, she always has these hidden meanings that you have to figure out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's playing at, you know, the ACMs that song and I'm listening to the words what if and and when we get off of this you should go listen to it just to think about this what if Betty is a metaphor for country music industry hmm because the whole okay is about will you take me back I'm going to listen to that (laughs) 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 because again the song is about will you trust me again and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, take me back. And, <laughs> and, 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 and type thing. Like, and, but, yeah, when you listen to the words and, and you think about that meaning, because I was, as I was listening, I was like, oh, my, this could be a reflection of country music for her. Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> just, really interesting. I mean, like I said, just my thought. It may, it may be far-fetched. It may not even be true. <laughs> but that's how I took it when I heard the song played at the AC because it's ironic that she's playing mm-hmm. at the ACMs. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like about Taylor Swift. Um, even in her music videos, there's so much meaning behind mm-hmm. them. And yeah. you mm-hmm. can tell that everything is really intentional or like, the way all of her albums kind of mesh together. And yeah. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. really cool. There's a lot of thoughts to put into it. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell everybody a little bit of who you are, where you're from, and kind of a backstory of you. Yeah. So um, 
I'm Aspen. I'm a 15-year-old singer-songwriter from Metro Detroit. Um, I have been playing music for, like, gig-wise for about three to four years now. Um, I started with musical theater when I was about six or seven, and I kind of just developed a love for the stage and performing and seeing the audience um, and giving them joy. And so I decided that's kind of what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And um, then when I was about nine or ten, I think, I got a ukulele for Christmas, and I taught myself how to play it. I went to uh, arts festival in Ann Arbor and I just started busking for tips and I ended up making enough money to buy my first guitar and then I taught myself how to play on that and then I finally convinced my parents to let me take some guitar lessons oh, wow. and um, I was also in the Michigan Opera Theater Children's Chorus so I was able to learn a lot about my voice too um so I was very determined from a young age to kind yeah. of learn how to properly play guitar and sing. Um, and now I am at an art school right now, and I'm still improving, and I'm still getting better. <laughs> and I feel like I'm growing every day, and I'm becoming a new person every day, and I love that. <laughs> well. So at what age, you know, everybody always asks artists what age do they know they want to do music, and that's not my question. My question Mm -hmm. is, at what age did it click where you kind of looked in the mirror and he's like, wow, this career, when did that happen, and what what was that moment, if you have that moment? It would probably be, for me, my second CD release. Um, So I have two albums out. The first one was an EP called Aspen, and the second one is called Love Each Other Right. And in my little hometown, in my little hometown, I did a um, performance. It was my CD release, and a lot of people came and people I never met before, and everyone was coming up to me after, and I was playing CDs and. Some people would come up to me and be like, wow, that song really touched my heart, or this song made me think about my mom in this way. And mm-hmm. it kind of dawned on me that I could make a living out of this and yeah. that people were actually listening to my music and they wanted to. And that made me really happy and how my song impacted them, maybe not mm-hmm. even the way that I expected it to, or sometimes people would come up to me and say, that song's about this, and I'm like, not when I was writing it, but <laughs> I'm happy that you made that connection, and I feel like that's kind of what songs are meant for, <clears throat> is yeah. to be up to, to the, the own to the audience. listener. Yeah. And, you know, talking about that, I remember, and I can't remember, I wish I could remember who said this, but I remember watching an interview with somebody, and they talked about that when they're interviewed um, or when they're about to play a new song for, the, for an audience, 
um, they never tell the story of the song of what brought it before it. Because they, they said, if I tell the story before I sing it, I jade the audience to my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and they said that once I do that, then then only 20% of the people will relate to the song. He says, so what yeah. I do is I wait till after the song is played. Now they already have the, in their minds what the song is and what it means to them. Now I can tell them the story of the song because now it's not jading them. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgotten yeah, that. I, I, love that. I, love, I love that answer on that because, like I said, you know, he was um, smart enough to know that if you tell what the song was about when you wrote it, then that's, that's the angle people are going to think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that. And I've done that a few times with some of my songs, but I haven't done that with all of them just because, I don't know, that's just how I roll. Sometimes I just, <laughs> well, this was inspired by this. And um, one of my songs called Georgia Boy, I mm. usually tell this really funny, crazy story um, about when I was on vacation and um, then I talk about how cliche the experience was, and that's why the song could be perceived as cliche, but that's <laughs> what's funny about it is because everything in that song is true. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the cliche is actually real. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it actually freaks <clears throat> me out in real life. I was like, oh, no, this is <laughs> like... I don't know. It feels like I'm living in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you know, when fans, they see people like Blake, you know, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get at their level, but to any level in music. And I think it's not talked about enough, so I always want to talk about that side of it on our show every episode because I think it's so important. I think it's the most important thing to talk about so that people know what artists go through to get to the top. And I'm going to tell a quick story. I hope guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele with two Steele girls, and at that time they were full-time with music. And I remember – I'll never forget her answer that she gave us when I asked her what advice she'd given up-and-coming artists. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to, to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, the mo- because the moment you want it to be a career, your life is no longer your own. Everybody owns a piece of it. Your friends and relatives, they never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But you're grinding mm-hmm. it out. You know, you can't just say no to gigs, and you for sure can't cancel gigs once you've done it. And friends and relatives sometimes don't understand that side of it because they have a regular nine-to-five type job. So they don't understand. Then your family has to sacrifice because they have to give up things to help you move to the top, not just you. And then if that weren't enough, there's going to be days where you don't want to do anything. But if you've got a gig that night, you've got to get on that stage and smile like you're like you're having the best day ever, even if you, even if you're not. Then, but then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can't see yourself doing anything else, then go all in because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it, the sacrifice side. 
Yeah, I completely agree with her, and I can relate with that so much. Um, when I was back in my old high school, it was very hard kind of to balance friends and music and school and mm-hmm. tennis and other extracurriculars because I was gigging or I was writing music or I was recording. And sometimes my friends would be like, let's go hang out Friday night. And I'm like, chance I have a gig. Or when people would ask me who I want to be when I grow up or where I want to go to college. And I would tell them my mm-hmm. plans for the future and wanting to be a musician. No, no one really understood that. And yeah. I think part of them just thought that I wasn't really serious and I didn't know what I wanted when mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and they were taught, you know, you had to be either a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. And those are the only ways you're going to succeed. The only ways you're going to be happy and I personally don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> and so <laughs> I just, it's hard to kind of relate, especially to kids yeah. my age. Uh, another topic that she touched on was sacrifices family-wise. And I'm extremely grateful to have the family that I have. My mom and dad have supported me through everything. Um, at the beginning, they didn't really know how serious I was, but I think they got it after seeing me perform so much, seeing how happy I was doing it and how happy I was making others. And yeah. they drive me to all my gigs. They helped me figure out my business stuff and how to create my website and market myself properly. And they've just been extremely helpful same with my brother, who has been like, you know what, you can take our family time up by all of us going to a music festival instead of <laughs> all of us doing something that I want to do. Yeah. And um, wow. it kind of just becomes a whole entire family thing. But that also doesn't mean that it's all work and mm-hmm. marketing and it's all like mm-hmm. business for us because it's a lot of fun and we all go to music festivals together and it isn't just about, Oh, this is Aspen. She's going to go up there and do gigs. It's about how my mom is hanging out with her new friends at the music festivals and how my brother is listening to one of his favorite bands and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And, you know, talking about the, friends and all that don't understand you know the creative person never gets understood like like you know like when when you're sitting there and you hear interviews of the big artists and the hosts always ask there's always one question that that you always hear the hosts always ask one of the bit the big artists if if music didn't work what would you be doing and nine times out of ten the host is taken aback by the answer because the answer is almost always I would just be a broke musician because I had no plan B. And the host is like, oh, my God, because, <laughs> you know, you're taught in society that you've got to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and always a plan yeah. B if you have to. And but mm-hmm. but what people don't realize when it comes to music or acting or any anything in entertainment, I should say, the entertainment world is just different than it, if you have a plan B. 
when times get tough, and they will for what, whether you're an artist, an actor, doesn't matter. But when, when, when things get tough, your plan B becomes plan A. And that's the problem. Yeah. That's why you can't have a plan B. You can't have a back door because you will use it. Mm-hmm. And with music, it isn't all just I'm going to go and I'm going to tour and I'm going to rely mm-hmm. based solely on fans. I yeah. feel like you're still able to teach lessons to people or yeah. you can so be in the music industry but not a performer. You could help other people. You could coach them. You mm-hmm. could be an engineer. So there's also different routes you can go. So, um, True. And I have faith in myself. Sometimes it gets a little scary knowing that, <laughs> I mean, this is a career where I'm obviously going to struggle a lot. But I think mm-hmm. I'm okay with the struggle. Mm-hmm. As long yeah. as I'm happy doing what I do, I think I know that I'd be happier than doing anything else. And that's, that's awesome. the most important thing to me. <clears throat> and it is because I've got friends of mine that are, say, 10, 15 years in their career. And when I say career, I'm not talking about like artists. I'm talking, you know, your doctors and lawyers, what you talked about earlier, that everybody mm-hmm. thinks you should be. But they're, they're 10, 15 years, and they're miserable. And you sit down with them, and, you talk, and you're like, well, God, you know, how can you be miserable? You know, you've got this great lifestyle. You've got this great family. You've got an amazing career. And some of them will stop and say, no, 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 career is the problem. And I'm, li- and I'm like, what do you mean the career is the problem? You went to four, six, eight years of college, whatever it was, for that career. How can that be the problem? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I didn't really want to go this route. So the route I wanted to go, <laughs> my family or my friends or my guidance counselor in high school all said you couldn't make money there. You need to go where the money is. So I went this way for the money, and then now they're miserable because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and, so sad because even though they have money and they have the foundation to be happy, they're still not able to do what they want to do. Um, and with me, as I said before, I'm okay with some points in my life um, mm-hmm. struggling. And yeah. if it means that I have to live out of my van and bust <laughs> down the street at some point in my life, I think I'll be fine with that. Yeah, but I that. obviously don't want that to happen. <laughs> exactly. <if> it gets <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I love that answer. Though. So, you know, we talked about the sacrifice side. Uh, let's go the other way and talk about the glory side a little bit. You know, so far in your career, what are a few moments where you can look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that? Um, just in general, um, let me think about this for a second. <laughs> okay. So there is this gig. Uh, it's Well, that's not a gig. It's a venue, and it's mm-hmm. called The Art. And it's in Ann Arbor. And so many of these musicians that I've looked up to have played there. And I was invited to open for an act. And I was able to perform on that stage that I've seen so many of my inspirations play on. And that was really exciting to me. 
Um, yeah, and it was just, it kind of felt like I was in a dream because <laughs> I was on the stage and I see all these amazing and wonderful musicians on and I'm on there and part of me was like, well, I'm just a normal person, you know, and there's all these amazing people that were on here and then there's just me on here and <laughs> it just like kind of gave me this new realization. Yeah. And so I feel like that would be one of those moments. I love that. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and then we're, then we're going to come back and play your song. Don't go and talk about that. How's that sound? Okay. That sounds great. All right. Hang on the line. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the sports guys podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
great song there. Yes, great song. Thank you. <laughs> so so Thank tell you us a little so bit much. about that song. Yeah, so um, that's the first song off of my new album, Love Each Other Right. And um, actually, the one of the lyrics in the, the song says Love Each Other Right, and that's what I named the album after. Um, and the album in, de- in general talks about all these different relationships and uh, basically sums it up in the title, mm-hmm. Love Each Other Right. Um, <laughs> and it talks about, like, how if you love someone and they're having trouble or they're, it's not the right time in their life to have a real connection with you, then you kind of just have to take another route and just understand their feelings too and say, like, if this door is just another gash, I'll close it off and walk another path. Um, and I'll raise the white flag to be with you. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <clears throat> so, as you know, you know, the team behind artists don't get no recognition out there. Um, and I like to always change that. And it doesn't matter if you've got one person who supports you or if you've got 300 like Justin Bieber does. <laughs> There's still somewhat of a team there. So I always like to give mm-hmm. an artist a chance to talk about anybody that kind of helps support them. Um, so who, who around you that's on your team that helps you be who you are? Well, as I mentioned before, my family and my mom and dad have helped me so much. Um, and not just this gigs and creating my website and stuff like that, but also emotionally. And they kind of help maintain my confidence and and the low points and just like my life in general when I'm not feeling too good about myself or mm-hmm. I'm having a writer's block or I don't know what to do or I'm just not as confident as usual. I will call my family or my mom will talk to me before my show and just make me feel a lot better in a sense. Mm-hmm. But also mm-hmm. saying that they're my best critic, um, besides myself. <laughs> I'm my <laughs> worst critic, but um, <laughs> that is some. And they just kind of help me um, just figure out how to mm-hmm. take what I have and make it better and trying to help me convey to the audience what I want to convey. <laughs> so a big thank you to them. And then also Dominic Davis, who is the producer of my album, Love Each Other Right. Um, he was a big help on that and conveying to the other musicians what I kind of wanted them to play on the song and the feel that I wanted. And it was my first time recording in an actual studio and so I was very new to all of it and I Mm -hmm. didn't really know any of the technical terms um, or how to say 
I want the song to be have a more bright tone than this kind of tone. And he kind of helped convey it um, to mm-hmm. them. And he was kind of like the translator between me and the musician talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So tell us a parent, since you talk about your parents a lot here, tell us a parent story. You probably got a thousand of them, so I'm not looking for a thousand. Just <laughs> looking for that one that stands out to where they went above and beyond for your career, and you're like, wow, they get this is my passion. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, <laughs> I Just them supporting me through even being here at my school right now. Um, the school that I go to is called Interlochen Arts Academy, and mm-hmm. I'm majoring in singer-songwriting here. And I would not be able to be here without the support of my family. Um, and I'll call them up when I'm having a tough day or when I'm very down, and they'll just come talk to me and let them know that for me, and I'm there for them. And... Also understanding and, like, just learning how to let me go, in a sense, because mm-hmm. my brother left last year to go to college, and it was a very <laughs> tough time for all of us, especially my mom, because mm-hmm. we're just, like, such a close-knit family that yeah. it was very hard for her to see my brother go, and, and now, now you. <laughs> here is me the next year. Basically going away to college, even though I'm not in college. Um, Mm. And it was kind of heartbreaking and hard saying goodbye to them. But them understanding that no matter how much they love me and no matter how much I love them, we also have to think about, like, what I really want to do for the rest of my life, which is music and (laughs) them taking that sacrifice, too. Love that. Now, <clears throat> we are a family affair show, as I always say. Oh, and yeah. we've got we've got a third co host that we bring on, a little eight year old little boy, and Sandy's gonna get him on yes, real I'll, quick. I'll get him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and we've got an eighteen month old daughter that when she gets older older we'll be plugging her into the show too. <laughs> yes, oh, I will. That's great. Here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Aspen. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Ooh, okay. Hi. Um, well, I just looked up when you said that, and I'm looking at my desk, and there's five cupcakes on it. <laughs> so <laughs> I would have to say cupcakes, um, red velvet, to be exact. Um, this is actually, today was the first day I had a red velvet cupcake, and... I really like them, and now I want them, like, all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. How about you? Mine is pizza. Ooh, that's also a good one. What's your favorite topping on pizza? Uh, pepperoni pizza. Mm-hmm. That's really good. For me, it's either <laughs> that or barbecue chicken, but pineapple is also good. But some people really do dislike pineapple on pizza, but I personally love it. <laughs> yes. yes. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he loves his little part, you know, and 
that's a, one good thing about running your own show is it's with our rules. Not not sure if we could do that if we were uh, if we were worked for one of the big conglomerates, but hey, it's our show, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this. I love how casual it is and how just conversational it is. Well, thanks. So, oh, thank you. If, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Um, I would have to say Joni Mitchell because I just oh, wow. love her songwriting and the metaphors. She has such a beautiful voice, um, both early in her life and after. Um, mm-hmm. But. <laughs> Yeah, I would have to say her. I wouldn't really know what to write about with her. I feel like it'd be kind of fun just to have a conversation with her and talk about experiences in our lives, and then that would turn into something. Um, That's what I do when I usually co-write with people is we first have a conversation and we end up talking. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a really good fit. And we end up talking for about two hours, and we have no song material, and we're like, "Oh no!" But um, yeah, I would have to say that. <laughs> awesome. So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years, and I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that exact same question. Because five years ago when we asked Kelsey that question, the answer she gave us is almost exactly what she's living today. She knew where she was going, and she proved that that's where she wanted to be. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Wow. Um, Well, I would obviously love to be a full-time musician, Touring, um, exploring the world. I would love to have little camper or a van, as I talked about earlier, and mm-hmm. just be on the road with maybe my dog and either my dad or someone else because it's kind of scary being mm. alone in the world, um, especially as a young female musician touring. Um, alone. Yeah. So I kind yeah. of wouldn't want to do that, but it would be fun to have someone up there <laughs> with me and help me carry all the equipment uh, and just be touring and exploring. Uh, another one, like something I would also like to do is explore national parks, and then mm-hmm. I could do a few gigs at every national park location. And I also had this idea of doing, like, a concept album and having mm-hmm. all the songs be based on all the national parks that I went to. And so yeah. I feel like I would want to do that in those five years, too. That would be cool. Um, so let's say that we look 10 years, 15 years down the road, and you're a big success, whatever that means, you're a success. person you are now could meet your future self, what would you tell or remind her? Um, so I would probably just tell her to think about your roots 
and where you come for like where mm-hmm. you come from. Um, I like to think that even my name is a reminder of that. I was named after aspen trees and they grow in growth and under the ground all their roots are intertwined and they're kind of just a big organism and they all work together and I feel like I can kind of relate that to me and my family and friends and where I grew up and my morals and who I am at the core and I can never stray from that and no matter how much I grow or how low that I fall, I still have those roots to lean on and yeah. help bring me back up and keep me stable. And so that's what I would tell my future self. <laughs> yeah. Now you're talking about trees. That made me think of a tree story. I got a great tree story that you that you might like. And I and I think that this tree story is really the foundation of being an artist, to be honest with you, and you'll see why in a minute. <laughs> but there's a tree called the Chinese bamboo tree, and this is a real tree. And you can even look it up, and this is real. But you plant the seeds, and you water and fertilize it every day. And after one year, nothing. Nothing comes out. You still, I mean, not even a – you don't see nothing. Um, but you still got to water and fertilize it every day. Then second year, nothing. Still, nothing comes out. But if you quit fertilizing it and watering it, it's never going to happen. Just like with being an artist, if you quit, if you back up, you will lose any momentum. <clears throat> but third year comes, nothing. Still, nothing comes out the ground. Fourth year, nothing comes out the ground. Sometime in the fifth year, as long as you've kept watering and fertilizing it all the time, that that tree will grow ninety. Feet in like an eight to ten week span. Wow, <clears throat> and That's really interesting. And, and wouldn't it be crazy? You planted a tree and you're doing that, and you got neighbors that moved in, say two days before it sprouted up, or, or yes. maybe one month, or say two months, or six months before it sprouted up. And next thing they know, they look out and there's a big tree. <laughs> wow. But, it, like, but what happens? Where did that come from? And what happens is, from what, like you said, with roots is, is in those the, the tree was growing in those five years. It was just growing so deep in the roots, so that it mm-hmm. could build the foundation for when it grows. Wow. Yeah, that is a great metaphor for the music industry <laughs> and trying to become a full-time musician. That's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> so um, let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing, and they sound really good. And let's say they're still getting their feet wet. So they've played just a few shows. So they're not really done the performance side, but they just gotten on stage, and they just know that they're in the right place. They look over the crowd. they got what every artist says, that stage bug, and the crowd's roaring, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say – I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Um, I would just try to tell them to reach as many people as possible um, if that's what they want to be doing, but also to stay humble and stay kind and also <laughs> <The song there. laughs> to – 
to not <laughs> kind of think about yourself when you're in the moment, but to also think about the audience. Um, for example, when I play shows, I don't necessarily think about how um, I want to look and mm-hmm. how I want to seem and, like, how good I look, but I think more about how the audience sees my music and how I just want them to get the best experience that they can and not the other way around. And Mm. everyone in the Mm -hmm. entertainment industry is here to basically please the audience and not themselves. And there's some people that are like, oh, I just want to do this for the fame. And I completely disagree with that because (laughs) I feel like it shouldn't be about you. I mean, it's an art form, and you can write about yourself, and it's great therapy. But when you're performing on stage, you should also be thinking about the audience and your fan base because those are the people that are supporting you in the long run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that. So as we come to a close here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do? Um, I would say it would either be like the meaning behind a lot of your songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you guys asked that, but I've been in interviews where they haven't asked that, but <laughs> that's always something that I like <laughs> answering. Um, also, just really deep and thoughtful questions that kind of make you think a lot about life. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a love relationship with those questions though because it takes me a while (laughs) to answer and I have to think about it for a long time but it's also really interesting to think about Um, and plus you learn something new through that interview Um, so it may not be the best to like pull out just like go on a whim with but if it was like emailed to me beforehand and I really thought about it then that would be, like, one of the questions I would love to answer because I just find it so interesting. <laughs> and your answer kind of made me think of a question that I haven't hit yet that I usually do, so I'm going to no. ask this, and, it will end, and we'll end with this one. Um, out of all the songs that you've done, what, which one means the most and why? Okay. I feel like this changes. Mm-hmm. almost every day of my life depending <laughs> on my mood or what happened that day but today especially I would say my song Delicate Butterfly mm-hmm. and I wrote this one about my mom and I'm oh, wow. like I feel like today has been like really reminiscing about the past and this is kind of the time <laughs> being away from home that I'm kind of getting a little homesick And so I wrote the song about my mom and how sometimes when we get into fights, and this doesn't really even have to be about a parent, but it can be about Mm -hmm. anything in general, like any other relationship. But sometimes when you get in fights about the stupidest things and you're just really upset with the person, um, you just kind of accept that sometimes you don't listen to each other 
and um, that you still love each other in the end. Um, and I just love that song, and I love the new meaning that has come out of it by this mm-hmm. new experience of being away from home this long. Um, yeah. And that's another thing I like about songwriting is because sometimes I'll write a song, and it will have barely any meaning to me when I'm in the moment, but later on I'll come back and listen to it and I'll be like, wow, I can really, really get it to this thing. And uh-huh. it's like therapy in a sense. And, it's just and then a year later it means through. something different. Yeah. Which shows that so. you're growing. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, it's like, a, a, and a year later you probably, it means something different to you which shows you're growing. <laughs> so if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you through social media and stuff. Okay. Um, so my website is AstonJacobson.com, and on there are all these different links to all the distribution places. Um, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel out. My Instagram and Facebook are Aspen Things, and um, I would love if you guys could give me a follow and support me in my music and follow me on my musical journey. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you guys uh, so much for having me. You know, we really oh, enjoyed having you on the show me. today, and we definitely yes. look forward to having you back down the road. Oh, that would be great. Thank you guys so much. It's been uh, you a have, real you have treat. A blessed it's been actually really fun. Thanks. Oh, I'm sorry same with here. <laughs> same here. Same here. And yes. We'll ta- and we'll talk with you later. All right. Bye. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>